The Bedroom Producing Podcast, Season 1, Episode 10. Welcome to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. If you're a bedroom producer and you want to release tracks, perfect your workflow, or explore a new creative process, then this is the podcast for you. Well, guys, today is the last episode of Season 1. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast as much as I have enjoyed making it. Today's guest is Adam the Creator out of Kansas City, Kansas. Adam and I discussed dubstep, collaborating with a vocalist, and being creative even when you've got a busy schedule. Adam, thanks for coming and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Yeah, for sure, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so as we get into this, can you tell me just a little bit about your musical background, kind of like the two minute version of how you got started in music and then how you developed into this kind of bedroom producer? Yeah. Um, during high school, I ended up, uh, my first time recording music, I got, uh, my brother gave me a four track, uh, digital recorder. And that was the first time I actually got into making music itself. I recorded guitar, vocals, bass guitar you know in like one track using just one mic to record the drums um that was my first introduction to music production i decided that's what i want to get into and do so uh i went to college for audio engineering um awesome decided to like you know figure out how how to do all that and yeah or music and stuff like music theory too that's really um and then once I graduated, that's when, really when I decided to like start my own like personal endeavor as a you know producer slash DJ. That's awesome. An artist. Um, yeah. So, so do you play live shows now? Um, I've only played like in, you know one local one that uh, and a couple of house shows. I actually was uh, at uh, this place called the Riot Room uh, two weeks ago actually cool. playing a show there with a bunch of other locals cool yeah um i have a few that are possibly lined up uh later this year yeah but um yeah pandemic's probably messing yeah. with that a little bit huh yeah that's too bad that's cool that you're you're getting out there some though for sure yeah do you do audio engineering and and things like that as a profession then not necessarily right now, but um, I am an event prom- promoter for a company, so I'm doing a little bit of music business stuff here and there. Oh, cool. Uh, and that's really not my main daytime job. I'm just kind of, I'm just doing a job as a sales rep, but I'm still looking for any audio jobs. I'm actually supposed to be getting a job uh, at a church locally as the sound guy there soon, so... Cool. That sounds like some great experience, man. Yeah. It's been hard to get like a profession during this pandemic, to be honest. So, oh, yeah. I completely understand, man. Yeah. This, this thing's got everybody turned upside down and yeah. this, that, and the other way. Mm-hmm. For sure. I want to talk with you a little bit about your particular style. Uh, you're up on Spotify. You can be found as Adam the Creator, A T O M, right? On Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you describe your sound? Yeah, um, my I'm really influenced by people like Jade Cicada, uh, Liquid Stranger, Taboo, a couple others. Uh, These are not artists I'm very familiar with. Oh, really? Yeah, they're uh, basically it's just kind of straight dubstep and just okay. Um, that makes sense. I'm really into that like dirty sound though. Yeah, 
yeah. uh, dubstep though. Like this, the type of thing that makes you go, how, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did that, how did they make that sound? Like, um, well, that makes so, sense. So, that's just weird. Listening to your music. Yeah. It's yeah. got that dubstep kind of feel to it. I'm really like kind of influenced a little bit too by other styles. Like I really like house too. Oh yeah. And I'm actually working on something with, um, a singer as well. Her name is golden goddess. She's out in like Oregon, but like, hopefully I get it's that done soon, but, uh, it's really house influenced. I've also been influenced by like, just chill melodic type stuff as well. Kind of like lo-fi music too. Awesome. I really like listening to that kind of stuff as well. So that's awesome. You know, I like taking aspects of different things, kind of meshing them into one. Yeah. I love that. I love that. How did you connect with Golden Goddess? Uh, through Facebook, actually. Yeah? Yeah. She just heard some of your music or what happened? I heard some of her music on Spotify and I, she has a great voice. Um, and so I decided, hey, I, had, I was sitting on this track for a while, which was heavily house influenced. And I had thought to myself, you know, I would like to put her on this. So I actually reached out to her, showed her, you know, the track that I had for a while stashed away. She kind of like got, she liked it. And, you know, from there, it basically started as like a kind of collaboration essentially. So awesome. Love that, man. Yeah. That's how that happened. Love that. Absolutely love that. For younger people that might be listening to this or people that are new to their uh, music production journey, can Mm -hmm. you describe some of the differences between like dubstep and what makes dubstep dubstep versus? What makes house house? Yeah, house is really made from like the whole base of that is a repetitive four four bass kick drum and mm-hmm. also the use of a lot of chords and um, characteristics. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing about yeah, that four to the floor kick. Yeah, steady through the whole thing. Straight club music essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dubstep is really influenced by that grimy sound that or, or first or came from you know the uk the south side of london that inner city kind of like sound that was going on from like 2000 like the 2000s up until now dark gritty bass lines yeah atmospheres yeah lots of lots of emphasis on effects on the drums at least early on yeah definitely uh, all kinds of sounds mm-hmm. seems like anything goes in dubstep oh yeah definitely it's evolved and then both of those genres have a lot of yeah. subgenres to them too. Yeah, and it's not just dubstep and house in general. It's just EDM as a whole. There's one of the reasons I love you know bass music is there's so much you can do. Like you, there's you have so much freedom to just do what you want. Yeah, you know, make whatever sound effects and weird you can think of essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, I get it, man. I get it for sure. Compared to other styles of music, like hip-hop or even rock where like you know there's already like a characteristics style to each kind of like genre or subgenre. yeah with edm as a whole it's so diverse to a point where you can just do about whatever you want and that's really why i love just edm as a whole you know yes yes 100 percent. do you have any um favorite techniques or anything that you like to use in your productions yeah, I am uh, really big on using EQ on everything, whether it's a little bit mm-hmm. or a lot equalization. Yeah. 
that's really my go-to when it comes down to mixing. Yeah. I also try to make good use of uh, automation as well, essentially. Yeah. I'm really big on using like, you know, stuff like that. Um, as for my plugins, I'm really big on using what's called Serum and also Vital and like Alchemy. Those are my three go-tos. Yeah. Yeah. Synth plugins. Yeah. Especially with Serum because Serum gives you a lot to offer when it comes to modern sounding dubstep and rhythm. Yeah. And just a lot of different, you know, varieties of bass music. <laughs> yeah. So how do you define I see a lot more people using the term rhythm nowadays. How do you define that? Yeah, it's just a repetitive bass line over a simple um yeah gritty beat. Yeah. That's the majority of it, I would call it. Yeah, I think that that term goes goes back to like the old Jamaican sound systems, yeah, it right? Does. And they they yeah. would basically have these these beats on dub plates, and yeah, they'd call that a rhythm. I think. I think I'm not yeah. super up on the history of it. Yeah, it's but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, um, that term used a lot now. It was called a rhythm, but it was pronounced by Jama- Jamaicans as a rhythm. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. I think that kind of just stuck on for a while. That's really where that term comes from to begin with. Yeah. 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 You can hear that use of uh, automation mm-hmm. in your work. Yeah. Uh, you can certainly hear the the gritty synthesizers and the use of the LFO to create the yeah. the rhythmic chops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like that your your music is very rhythmic. Uh, I'm a drummer myself, so I can always appreciate the something that's got that groovy kind of vibe to it. Yeah. One of your favorite tracks of mine was called uh, Idiomaniac. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Idiomaniac. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what synthesizer you were using? How are you coming up with the sounds in that track? Yeah. I uh, have a Native Instruments library as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, other than the three other plugins I have. And that's really what I began, I, that's really what I started off using when it came to like finding sound effects and, you know, weird noise to use in my music. Um, and that's actually, that track is actually from a while back ago that I had that I worked on again and put out. Um, and I was using that, uh, type of plugin. I was using the, um, in the library for machine two, when you open it up as a, plug-in within uh my DAW, which is a logic pro x yeah. um it gives you the option of choosing you know instrument uh group samples and loops um and in the instruments there's a lot of hard bass presets and that's the majority of what i uh use for the bass drop was you know stuff in that cr- uh, category you know, hard bass in a uh, machine too. So yeah, that's where I got a lot of that, those sounds from. Yeah. Machine's cool, isn't it, man? It's got mm-hmm. all kinds of great oh, yeah. presets in there. I love, I love native instruments. Mm-hmm. I love everything. Yeah. <laughs> you can just get lost for yeah. days. They're, they're a great company to use a lot of samples from. They're, they're really cool. They're so good. Yeah. Man. Everything they do is great. Tell me a little bit about if you're starting a project from scratch, what are some of the foundational elements for you that you like to get down first? Um, yeah, 
that honestly depends on how I start a song, which is, has been different, you know, throughout my time as an artist, a lot, there's been times where I started the drop first and I built the rest of the song around that. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I started, I just came up with a simple melody and I used that for uh, the chorus in the song mm-hmm. and then built the drop and all that from there. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. Um, my main thing was just, you know, first getting like a general idea of what the beat is in my head and then laying down a melody or bass line over that and starting out with, you know, the chorus of a song and then building the drop from there. That's really what I've done the majority of the time. When you start with a melody like that, mm-hmm. how do you go about finding the right chords or supporting elements? What usually works for you so that you don't create a clash? My main things I like having is a simple beat with, you know, bass kick, snare, um, and hi-hats of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then having like a, a sub bass line and then adding a synth lead uh, and then uh, arpeggiated type stuff for like the chorus in, in a lot of my songs. Yeah. That's really my, what I make for the choruses and for, for the bass drops. Honestly, it really just depends. I kind of just go all out and I kind of look for one shots and loops and like, you know, uh, synth bass that, you know, would complement each other. And it's a lot of hours of just kind of looking through my library and just figuring out what sounds well together. Sounds very exploratory. Essentially. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun, man. That's a fun workflow. You know, everybody approaches it kind of different, right? I mean, yeah, that's an uh, exploratory approach versus uh, somebody that's maybe like really strong in music theory, kind of mm-hmm. grasps everything out and yeah. MIDI and, and chords first, and then, you know, kind of splits it up into different instruments. And yeah. Some people start with the, the harmony first, right? And then yeah. go off the top of that. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's really cool to hear how different people come up with different things. So. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have any favorite sources you like for for samples or locating samples? Yeah, actually, um, there is this website called Somatics, and they offer like a lot of uh, loops and samples from oh, and a whole bunch of sample packages from you know modern dubstep to elements of house to elements of techno to elements of rhythm um, and. That's really where I get a lot of my kicks in uh, uh, snare samples from those libraries, as well as a lot of sweeps and swells. Uh, they're basically all samples that I use. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of good things about Cymatics. I'm not the, the owner of Cymatics uh, sample libraries myself, but yeah, keep telling myself if I make more use of all the ones I already have, then I'll mm-hmm. expand out and I'll allow yeah. myself to get some more. Right. Because you can never have enough, right? Yeah, you, you never have enough. You know, you can only <laughs> have too many. <laughs> That's the cool thing about, you know, being an artist in today's age, you get to have all these, you know, different tools and, you know, utilities that can contain thousands of, you know, just stuff and you know you can put it all together yes yeah 
Yeah, I love that. Just being able to collage different things yeah. together. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun workflow, especially if you're stuck. I mean, yeah, I, I'm guilty of being kind of a cerebral thinker sometimes. Yeah. And a, one way to get out of that is rather than kind of trying to plan everything out ahead of time is to collage together different sounds, different ideas, taking, yeah. like you said, a more exploratory approach. Yeah. So I really like that. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about music. You know, the whole point is just have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Just get creative and, you know, whether, and, and that applies for anything, whether it's EDM, hip hop, or even rock music, you know, the whole point is to just get creative with it. And, you know, it's work, but, you know, it's fun work. Yeah. You know, just be, get creative and have fun with what you're doing, you know? Yes. And absolutely. I try not to let, you know, success be you know something that uh puts too much pressure on me i try to just focus on just you know having fun with it for the most part yeah yeah i'm 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 very much in that headspace myself with it right now as well yeah uh, where the the process of being able to write is its own reward yeah and, and yeah. to just enjoy doing that um but you know different people want different things you know some people want to they want to be out and their goal is to tour other people. It's more to release other people. It's more to mm-hmm. produce other artists. And some people just want to make art for the sake of making art. Right. And those are all, yeah. all good goals. I think if, if you have an idea of what your goal is and your goal can, yeah, it can change from one year to the next too. Right. Depending on yeah what you're doing and how much time you've got in your life. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I hope that a lot of people that watch or listen to this show, that there's something for all those people, you know, yeah, and that they can find different, different people that they can relate to. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah, I love that. Definitely, yeah. So, how often do you write? I try to do that every weekend because of the job I have right now is keeping me busy. I don't really have a lot of time during the weekdays, yeah, other than just to DJ and focus on that and practice that for live events, but um. Yeah, during the weekends right now is when I'm really writing and working on music Saturday and Sundays and, you know, whenever other other any other time of the week that I might be able to have time too. Yeah. Yeah, um it's really just uh yeah, it's just the weekends at this point, but during the pandemic when everything was shut down, you know, I had a lot more time. Yeah. You know, be able to do that at home when I was staying at home for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And during that time, I ended up uh, making quite a few things. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make use of that time. Yeah. And take advantage of it. I think all, we all did in one way or another. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's great, man. Do you try and finish most of the tracks that you start writing? I try to. One of the struggles of being a producer is, you know, you start something and then you put it away for a little while and then you start something new. And then before you know it, you're sitting on like, you know, dozens of uh, tracks that, you know, all need to be finished up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's one of the struggles. So, you know, I try whenever I try to start something, I try um, to put some kind of deadline on it, depending on when I have time for it. But yeah, uh, in the beginning of being an artist, I was guilty of just putting things off at first um, and not having a deadline for all my, you know, 
all my events and uh, all my, you know, songs and all that. So I had to like create the habit of just setting a deadline for myself for all that and getting them done in like a timely manner. That's great, man. Yeah, I think giving yourself a deadline yeah. can be really helpful. I mean, for me, I always found it really helpful when I, whenever I was in a, a class. Um, like I took a bunch of classes from Berkeley Online, for yeah. instance, and Point Blank. And I always found it really helpful to have the deadline from school because it kind of makes you finish, right? Yeah. And uh, having that accountability. Yeah. Having the accountability is huge too, I think. Yeah. Accountability and consistency. Consistency is a huge thing to have. Yes. You know, as an artist, just be consistent day by day. Yes. With what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can really relate right now as well about the, uh, yeah. And having a tough work schedule and, uh, yeah. Anything but consistency. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Personally right now. So, (laughs) so, you know, sometimes you got to just enjoy the process for the sake of making art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. get that For sure, man. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that you face as a producer? Um, as a producer, just, Time management, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Trying to utilize my time when I'm working on music and that kind of stuff, you know, in the best way I can. Yeah. Same, same. I totally understand, Mm -hmm. man. Totally understand. What else? I guess probably I just need, you know, day by day, I try to like improve my skill sets or at least week by week, you know, as a producer and uh, DJ. No, and that includes learning things that I didn't know prior, you know, via watching YouTube videos on, you know, you know, things like how to make presets in Serum using this and that, or how to make use of automation if when you're starting a new DAW, you know, stuff like that. Do you have any favorite YouTube channels that you like to follow? Not particularly. Uh, for like just music production, essentially. Yeah. It, not nothing in particular. To nothing be honest. in particular. Um, okay. No big deal. Yeah. But um, there's plenty of videos that I have saved that, uh, you know, I've uh, watched over the years. Yeah. That I have saved. Yeah. I'm big. You know, that's a great tip, actually. I'm really big on if I find a video that I like making a, a list. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube allows you to make playlists. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have like different. I have multiple categories of music playlists for me. I might have mm-hmm. one playlist that's all about just soundtracky sounds, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm the same. I, I bookmark those, all those good ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, that's definitely a good tip. Yeah, 100%, yeah. man. I'd love to talk with you a little bit about some of the things that give you inspiration as a writer, what do you think normally inspires you to start a new project? Um, honestly, it's just motivation, just motivating yourself and just doing it. Um, honestly, listening to music and, you know, shuffling my uh, SoundCloud playlist of stuff I've found over the years I thought thought was really cool. That gives me a lot of inspiration, you know. Listening, uh, listening to music is a huge in- inspiration. Also, um, just wanting to, you know, basically, you know, improve my uh, focus and all this and that with, you know, music production. Yeah. It's really just this inner drive I have of just wanting to like lay stuff down, you know, stuff I feel and like think, you know, 
Yeah. Did you ever write anything that related to like a difficult time or a particular time in your life? Um, not really, no. Okay. It's more just the spontaneity of yeah. exploration and creativity for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, cool. That's really my huge thing. Awesome. I love that, man. Yeah. So if you had your, your choice and you could play it, your dream gig, what do you think that might look like? The dream gig, playing at Dance Festopia or playing another like huge festival event like a Cosmic Kingdom or... Big show. Yeah, just be awesome. a big show like that. Really a cool venue I've always wanted to both visit and play is uh, in Colorado. It's called Red Rocks. Oh, I don't Red know Rocks if you've is ever amazing, heard of isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah natural yeah. amphitheater yeah. in the Rocks. Yeah. That would Super be a cool. really cool place to play. Yeah, yeah. I would be. It's an amazing place. Yeah. Everybody that's listening should definitely try and go see something at Red Rocks sometime if they can. Oh, yeah. Do you have any tips for beginners on getting started in music production? Yeah, actually have a basic understanding of music theory and, you know, stuff like time signature, minor and major chords and notes, just basic stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that you can utilize and apply to when you're, you know, making something or when you're first starting now, because that's really going to help you, you know, understand how to make a song, you know, the right way or the, the efficient way. Also, another tip is uh, learn the basics of like audio recording as well. You know, like playback, uh, pause, stop. Um, also, learn music business too, because if you want to put yourself out there, you got to understand, you know, royalties, how they work, and you know how to utilize uh, streaming and distribution services yeah. like Spotify and Apple Music. Can you tell us a little bit more about? royalties and and getting into releasing and and your experiences with setting up your releases on Spotify? Yeah. So there's a number of service distributors for music out there. Stuff like DistroKid, Ditto. Mm -hmm. There's a few other ones that I know of, but I can't remember what they're called. But stuff like that, those are services in which you can literally just upload your music, album artwork or song artwork stuff like that onto the whatever account you have for your artist. And it'll basically send it out there into Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like that for you. And the amount of plays you get, that's uh, revenue then goes back to you via stuff like PayPal or whatever. It's If you're not getting a lot of plays, it's really not even a lot at all. So yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think somebody yeah. said you have to make like a million streams a month yeah. on Spotify to make like minimum wage nowadays or yeah, something it's, like that. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, Spotify. it can be hard to actually make money off of like your music nowadays. Yeah. But it's easy, yeah. really easy to get yourself out there though, too, which is the cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That is true. Because of social media and the internet. Yeah, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. someone I spoke with once was talking about the new music business. And he kind of said, your songs are almost like you said, they're what gets you out there. But then what makes you money is like playing live or merch or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you can make the income. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times you got to have like enough money in the first place to invest in stuff like that, like merch and events and all that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's tricky, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, I got just a couple yeah. more questions. I want to get wrapping up here. Yeah. Say that you're starting to lay something down and you kind of get like a, a solid eight or 16 bars. You've got like a good loop or a good groove going, mm-hmm. uh, but then you kind of get like a little bit stuck. What do you like to do to get yourself unstuck? Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, what really does help, and this is kind of ironic, but taking breaks mm-hmm. helps a lot. You know, sometimes you need to just get away from like your computer screen, you know? Yeah. And get your eyes off of the tracks you've had your eyes on for like hours or however long you've been sitting there and just take a break or two or whatever. And then go back to it about 30 minutes or an hour later and just kind of refresh your mind with something else. Yeah. You know, just for a, a little bit. That really helps. And also another reason why that helps is, you know, sometimes going back when you go back on something you've worked on before, you know, you can kind of look at take a second look at it that way what you've been working on and say to yourself hey why did i you know lay this down it doesn't really sound good to me anymore or you leave yourself you know points to basically you know pick from later on when you take breaks and just kind of like give yourself a day or two to work on it after you've worked on it you know however long you've been working on it whether it's weeks or months but yeah you know taking breaks is a good thing Another thing is just, you know, you know, listening to music and just like, you know, motivating yourself and telling yourself, you know, I want to be as successful as I can, you know, with what I'm doing, with what I love to do. It's all about motivation. Those have been those have been big on helping me get unstuck and, you know, and getting back in the groove of things when I go through like producer's block or writer's block, you know. Yeah, that's so true. Listening with fresh ears can really make a big yeah, exactly. I think, especially you get something in front of you. And the way our brain works is that if you hear the same thing on loop over and over again, you kind of get attuned to it and you might like it. And if you come back a little bit later with some fresh ears, you might go, oh, like it's obvious how I want to change that. Yeah. Do something different. Exactly. What about your thoughts on writing different sections of the song? So, how would you? approach writing the drop versus writing the verse or you know the build up or different mm-hmm. section of the song yeah um it really just comes down to like how i start off making a track whether i make the melody or the drop first you know mm-hmm. depending on what comes first i try and build the other thing off of that mm-hmm. you know if i started out with a melody you know when I started a new song, I would build the drop or the build up off of that. And if I started with, you know, the bass drop when starting a new song, I would build the melody in the chorus and all that from that. Mm-hmm. So my approach to writing different segments of the song is, um, you know, make sure it, the whole song is generally has like a common key yeah. that ties it all together. Yeah, definitely a solid place to start, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And this has been so great. So many great tips for us. Yeah. Adam, where can people find you and your music online? Um, yeah. So I am, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. As for, you know, streaming and where to find my music, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Audius. I also have my own band camp as well. So those are really the five big streaming services you can find me on for the most part. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'll 
link your link tree in the show notes on the website. All right. On. Fantastic. Adam, yeah. thanks so much for coming today, man. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had a great time talking to you. That was a great conversation with Adam. I hope that one day he does get to play in front of that big music festival. You know, talking with Adam just gave me a lot of reminders about the little things that help keep you productive and active in your writing process. And I hope that that is helpful to all of you who are listening to this podcast as well as it's helpful to me. As always, guys, thanks for listening to the show. And as I mentioned, this is the last episode of season one, sadly, already. If you or someone you know is interested in coming on the Bedroom Producing Podcast, hit me up on the website bedroomproducing.com slash contact. Let me know who you are and where I can hear some of your music. Until next time, my name is Chip, and this is the Bedroom Producing Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bedroom Producing Podcast. For more content like this, visit bedroomproducing.com.